0: Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Good afternoon, Sherry. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, Mike. How are you?
0: Man, I'm doing a lot better. Had a little COVID scare, one of our neighbors across the street might have been exposed so we had to lock down for a little bit but all's good and it's good to be back at the office with you it's good to have you back thank you thank you today we're going to be talking uh, more about our team. We introduced our team to our listening audience with the uh, first part to meet the EUD Warrior Foundation team. And so we're going to continue today with part two. And we are really happy to introduce the Director of Memorial Care Events for the EUD Warrior Foundation, Melissa, or as we affectionately know her and everyone knows her is Mo, Mo Tackett. Mo, welcome.
2: Thank you, Mike. Hello, Sherry. How are you guys today? We are well. How are you? I'm doing good. Nice and toasty, warm and beautiful outside today, so I am happy.
1: Yeah, fall weather is finally here, I think, in the panhandle.
3: Yes.
0: Yeah, it's my favorite time of the year when that humidity curtain finally lifts itself and you can enjoy some really good weather. So, Moe, uh, to get us started, could you uh, please just tell us a little bit about yourself that the audience here doesn't know?
2: Absolutely. Well, um, for those of you that don't know, I am from the state of Michigan. And I come from a family of five siblings. I'm number three. And my mom had always hoped that I would do something that would allow me to go see the world. But I don't think she really intended on me joining the military. But she was more than happy when I told her I was going to. She wanted me to be like an airline stewardess or something like that. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) we we all had great ideas for something. It's just my idea was totally different than hers. Mm So, I literally took off, as soon as I graduated from high school, I was gone. Small farm town, nothing there for me. Joined the Navy in 1987, and I retired in 2009. I became, uh, let me think, started out as a torpedo man's mate, met my first DOD techs, my very first duty station in the Philippines. Still love, you know, my sea daddy and everything, met him there. And then I went uh, Navy Diver, so I was a Two Charlie hard hat diver. And then I went EOD, and I've been EOD, that was the last 15 years of my career I was EOD. I think that's right. So yeah, and uh, after I retired, I went to college. Got my degree in sport management. I needed something that, that kept me home and didn't you know require me to deploy anymore, and I couldn't. I had a daughter who was only four when I retired. And got a job with the foundation in 2013 after I graduated college. Been here
0: ever since. Well, that's fantastic. Not
2: that for a
0: nutshell, huh? Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I think you just took us around the world very quickly. So, thank you. Yes. So, could you. And go. Hmm? Oh, okay. So, could you talk to us about your role here at the foundation? And uh, for those who may not know, and of course, we all know here what you do, and we're so glad to have you here, and we know how hard you work. But, could you share with the audience, uh, what you do as Director of Memorial Care and Events.
2: Well, it's actually kind of funny because when I got hired at the foundation, my position was really only um, events, you know, uh, taking care of events here and there. And primarily it was the EOD weekend and other events that we have locally. I travel for a couple of them, you know, bigger events around the United States, but it's changed over the last couple of years because I shared that I can actually do things like I can landscape I can I can make things grow and I know how to put in pavers so I ended up becoming more of a take care of the memorial and events instead of just events and so if you need a, a brick ordered and placed I'm the one that does it I make sure that the memorial looks pretty year round and it's fed and it's cleaned and We keep doing upgrades on it. Um, We've got a lot of great ideas. Sherry has brought up quite a few, you know, like the little memory stone stuff in the back. That came from Sherry. And, yeah, just trying to make sure that it stays beautiful. And with events, if you're putting on an event, whether it's um, an actual fundraising event or an awareness thing, I'm the person that you deal with, talk to, work with, and get it marketed the way you want it marketed and registrations, whatever. And we do that globally. Thanks, and I still do EOD weekend.
0: <laughs> absolutely. And you do a great job with that. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Team Mo. You know that you've been with me for how many years now? And you know, I put you to work.
0: <laughs> That's right. We all work.
1: <laughs> well, we all have to work together in some instances for sure. And the EOD Memorial absolutely, weekend yeah. is definitely one of those occasions. So it's, it's an honor to do it. And I just wanted to let our listeners know also that, you know, Mo takes in just great pride and, uh, care of of the eod memorial and uh honors her brothers and sisters um in a great way so we thank you for that mo
2: well thank you yeah it's a pleasure it really is it's an honor i think to, Mm -hmm. to take care of the memorial
1: yeah yeah you told us about your personal connection to the eod community obviously as as a navy you retired as a navy chief um and um I understand that you traveled all around the world, and you were able to fulfill some of your dreams in regards to that. Is there any particular place in your travels that was what you would consider your favorite, or you know, how did you navigate through through traveling and moving constantly?
2: And Sherry and I have had this conversation a thousand times before, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's been like, oh, good to hear it again. I don't really have a favorite spot because Mm -hmm. I. Always try to find fun and happy and and do something exciting and new everywhere I go, and you know even the ones that really sucked you know it could have been the armpit of wherever it was, but I always found something fun to do mm-hmm. so i i don't I don't really have a favorite and and even if I had like a a bad experience or a bad time, maybe the place was just so incredibly beautiful that that was the the happiness that I got out of it so I don't have a favorite. I've got great memories pretty much everywhere I've been.
1: Well, that's a great, great thing to have is great memories and, you know, having a a really good outlook no matter where you were in the world and just approach it from different angles just to make it a good, a good memory. So that's awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mind you, there were places that I couldn't wait to get the heck out of, but mm-hmm. yeah, still it made memories.
1: Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Well, that's awesome. Well, Mo, how how have your prior experiences helped you and contributed to your role here at the foundation?
2: I think one of the the biggest ones is the connections that I have in the EOD community. Uh, Facebook says I have 1,700 and some friends, and we know (laughs) I've got like three. But (laughs) with all those connections on Facebook, if Mike needs some information on somebody or needs to know, hey, Mo, do you know, or can I find, or Whatever, I can almost always find that person because they're friends with me on, on Facebook, which is a fantastic thing, especially if we have to get the word out for something, and I can use that as a second platform. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely having the connections to reach out to any branch of service, which I love that, So anywhere do I. around the world. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, very helpful. Yeah, and
2: say, yeah, say, hey, brother, we need, and they step up.
1: Mm-hmm that's that's very cool and yeah. and super helpful when when we do have situations like that where we need you know further information or someone yeah. that could be in a in in Italy or in Spain or somewhere else that we can't be and have our hands on but we have somebody that can connect so it's awesome yeah um, well in your opinion Mo what makes the EOD warrior Foundation
2: unique um I think what makes EOD unique is what helps make the EOD Warrior Foundation unique. The fact that we're the only job that's all four services. Mm -hmm. So there's no other nonprofit out there that can say this one specific job that we take care of covers all four branches. Right. And so, you know, being that that is EOD, I think that's what makes us special and unique. And I think us being a small community, Makes us unique in the fact that we're very personable. You know, when when we're helping somebody, a lot of times that somebody might be a friend mm-hmm. and somebody that we actually know int- not intimately, but on a, on a personal level. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that makes us stand apart from other foundations that do similar work.
1: Right. You know, the world is is small, and the EOD world is even smaller. <laughs> and it's amazing how connected, we all are, or, hey, we know that person, or, you know, we were stationed with them, or what have you, and mm-hmm. it's it's super cool.
2: Yes, and it definitely, I think, helps us sometimes getting what maybe a person needs, because we have those connections around the world that, you know, even if, if something can't be done in one way, Mike, who's a godsend on finding other ways to make stuff happen, but... I think mm-hmm. that's one of our benefits of being small. We can make those reaches and get them t- done and taken care of. Mm-hmm.
0: So the mission of the UD Warrior Foundation of Disarming Challenges, what is it about the mission that is important to you?
2: What's important about our mission
0: mm-hmm.
2: is that we try and that we continue trying. Disarming Challenges isn't something that we can just do in a one-stop shop kind of thing. I think it's an ongoing attempt for us. I think that's what makes our mission so important. It's, been, I mean, it's to me, it's like a never-ending goal, disarming mm-hmm. challenges.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and so we with, know
2: we're never going to win, but we're going to keep trying.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, we're always going to have that goal in mind, though. That's for sure. Uh huh. Um, so for this year, with uh, COVID going on, COVID has impacted everybody uh, all around the world, all around our country. It's impacted uh, people at work. It's impacted people at home. So how has it uh, impacted yourself uh, at your home, here at your job? How have you navigated through the challenges of this year of COVID, both personally and professionally?
2: Um, personally, well, everybody knows I'm a single mom, and now my daughter's a teenager. And being locked down with a teenage girl for that long period of time, without her being able to go hang out with her friends and do things and, you know, no escape. of That was rough. Who's going to live? <laughs> of course, it was going to be me. We all know it's going to be me, but <laughs> that was a, a big challenge. And, you know, it just... Now her and I are, are kind of somewhat back to the normal things. She goes to school. They do all their safety precautions of this, that, and the other. She can see her friends. And, um, we have had some close friends you know, be positive for COVID mm-hmm. and luckily both her and I have remained COVID free. Um but yeah, it's just it's definitely just like everybody else. Made you decide whether you really like or dislike your family members. <laughs> 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 How much of them can you tolerate?
4: <laughs> right.
2: Professionally, um, with the events, I mean events took a hard hit. We did. Mm-hmm everything, having to switch on a knee-jerk going virtual. And I think now people are actually getting to the point where they're tired of doing virtual stuff. People are tired of doing virtual 5Ks. They would really like to come to a 5K and, and do a 5K. So that's really becoming a challenge. And it's not just us. It's worldwide is how can people that are trying to do fundraisers continue when everything has to be virtually. So... Definitely makes you thinking outside the box a bit here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you've yeah. done a great job of that. And of course, we all look forward to when we don't have to do things virtually and we can actually host events in place and have people come out and gather and have a good time and also do great Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: I already yeah. started gearing up and planning for the EOD weekend, so planning like it's happening.
0: Yeah, Exactly.
1: Yeah, that's how we have mm-hmm. to move forward. You know, it's it's just the way of the way it is right now. we Plan ahead and and have plan A, B, and C ready to roll.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Plan B is already written down. (laughs) There you go. There
1: you go. Um, Well, well, Mo, you are a very motivated person, in in my opinion. And, you know, you always put 150% into everything that you do. And you stay very busy, um, not only with your work here and caring for your daughter, but you do a lot of volunteer hours elsewhere, and which is incredibly admirable as well. But what what keeps you motivated every day?
2: Uh, always want to be better. Always want to be more.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Don't ever just stop educating yourself or being something and being kind to others and doing things for others. So I just always try to be bigger and better. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you are for sure. And um, you know, for our listeners out there, Mo is uh, like I said, an incredibly hard worker. But I am telling you, she's got the heart of, the size of Texas. I agree. And um, we, um, hey, Huckleberry. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> but we absolutely enjoy having you and working uh, alongside you and with you every day. And it's it's a pleasure, Mo. And and we think the world of you.
0: <laughs> yep. Thank you, Mo. Oh, thank you.
2: And I appreciate you guys tolerating my uh, sailor tongue. So, you know, they're good at that. So thank you. Oh,
1: it's entertainment. I mean, hey, you know, you got to break it up a little bit sometimes.
2: That you do. And I am definitely the color that breaks it up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, the next couple of questions are just to have some fun. And, uh, you know, we'll just go down the line. Um, All right. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. How about a sport? Do you have a favorite sport?
2: I love to watch football. Not so much anymore like I used to, but football is something that I enjoy to watch on TV. And as far as playing a sport, um, I've always been into triathlon. So I I really, really enjoy running and biking. Mm Swimming I I enjoy, but I think I enjoy the biking aspect of it more than anything else.
1: Yeah. And aren't you training for a triathlon right now?
2: I'm not training for a triathlon in oh. particular because nothing's actually scheduled, but I'm doing the EOD Dedication Cycling Series, the mm-hmm. virtual one, 341 miles.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So every weekend on Sunday, I get out there and bike anywhere between 20 and 25 miles, just adding it to this, this ticker and getting up to my 341.
1: Awesome. And how, um, when does the registration close for that event, Mel?
2: It has not closed yet. It won't close until after the final ride, which is in Paso Robles, California, mm-hmm. at the Tackett Family Vineyard out there. That's November fourteenth, I think, is the date for that one. Okay, if I'm All not right. mistaken. And so, yeah, you can register up till the day of.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. But the
2: virtual one, you, you know, you don't have to do 341 miles. You can do 3.41 miles or 34.1 miles. Okay. Gotcha. Or just put on your big girl pants and take it all.
1: There you go. There you go. But people can find that information on our webpage, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes,
2: under the events
1: tab. Okay, perfect. How about a favorite book?
2: Uh, oh, good gosh. What is it? Um. Five, five People You Meet in Heaven? Is that the one? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Mitch
0: Ablon. Mm-hmm. It's from Michigan, yeah. from your hometown, home state, I mean. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I like that book. Yeah, I, I like enjoying. I, I do enjoy reading some. I I like books that are more informational. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand romance novels or anything that has to do with drama. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'll read a a mystery of some sort now and then, but mostly it's always uh, some sort of informational. Make yourself smarter. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's it's that continued continued curiosity and growth, right? You got to yes. have it. Yep. Um, And what about a favorite hobby?
2: I like to build stuff. I am a tinkerer. My daughter, Drew, calls me a tinker. So I I just like to build. I own more power tools than most grown men. And I know (laughs) how to use them all, which makes it even better. (laughs) Yeah. I just, yeah, I I like to flip houses and uh, Mm -hmm. create. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, you do a beautiful job. You are very creative and artistic and just are handy with so many things and it's...
0: Can I borrow some tools, Mo? You
2: can borrow some tools, Mike. Thank you. I'll show you how to use them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's even better.
2: Oh, That's funny. (laughs) And nothing makes you feel better than swinging a sledgehammer. It just does. (laughs) (laughs) That could be some therapy we
1: could utilize sometimes around here too, Mo. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that concludes our interview. Um, But... I think before I go, I just want to say thank you for sharing um, some information about you and letting folks know a little bit more about you, um, what you'd like to do outside of the EOD Warrior Foundation and what you do for the EOD Warrior Foundation. So we appreciate your time, Mo.
2: Absolutely. Thank you guys very, very much. And I will see you like in a few seconds.
1: Sounds good. Thanks, Mo.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Mike. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Today, I have the distinct privilege and I'm really excited to be interviewing Sherry Beck, who is not only my co host here for Behind the Warrior podcast, but she is our director of programs at the EOD Warrior Foundation, primarily in the area of hope and wellness. And uh, I've worked with Sherry, had the privilege to do that for over five years now, and I can tell you that uh, she epitomizes hope and wellness for this community. So I'm really excited to be talking to her. So I'm going to be asking the questions. Sherry's going to be providing the answers to you. So we're going to get started. So Sherry, could you uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself? And welcome, by the way.
1: Thank you, Mike. Thanks for the kind words as well. And well, a little bit about me. I was born and raised in Southern Maryland and uh, met my husband in 1987 as he was going through Nav school EOD there in Indian Head, Maryland. Since then, 33 years later, um, in that process, we have had two beautiful children together. I have a beautiful stepdaughter. And we have just lived an incredible life traveling around the world and seeing different things and experiencing um, lots of different adventures. And it's it's been a, a great journey. And... Me personally, I, I think, um, you know, growing up in a small town in Southern Maryland has definitely attributed to my uh, my thoughts of always being positive and, and optimistic and being raised by parents who were incredibly hard workers. And to this day, my dad's 83 and still runs a business and is at the forefront of that. So um, just had have had a, a really good life, Mike.
0: That is great, Sherry, and I hope you have many, many more years of great life as well. And uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit about your role here at the Foundation as Director of Programs?
1: Sure. As as you said, I'm the Director of Programs, and really throughout the years, over the past 13 years, um, I've worn a lot of hats. And when um, the EOD Warrior Foundation was founded in 2013, where two foundations merged together, I was... Um, approached by our executive director, and she said, "Listen, I I think there's a real need for maybe some retreat programs in our in our you know wheelhouse." And I just said to her, "Well, gee, I don't know if it would be necessarily a full time job." And she said, "Well, I think you we can we can kind of you know wait it out a little bit and see how it goes, but I I think it certainly could be." So here I am, you know, six years later, seven years later, actually, and as the director of programs, and my primary role is to absolutely encourage hope and wellness, and I do that through working with other nonprofit entities, like-minded organizations who actually share the same mission with the EOD Warrior Foundation in the way that we like to take a more holistic approach to creating hope and wellness for our our EOD warriors and their families. So I get to work very closely with them, and it's, it's a true pleasure, and it's something that I look forward to every year.
0: Oh, thanks, Sherry, and I absolutely enjoy working with you, and I know our team does as well. Um, do you have a personal connection to the EOD career field, I think, that you do, and uh, or to the military, or both? Could you talk about that?
1: Well, um, yes, I can. Um, my husband, Leon, is a retired Navy EOD. He spent 26 years in the mili- in the Navy, and uh, that's really my my big connection to the military, but also my father-in-law was retired Air Force, and my dad served in the Air National Guard way back when, but, and I have a few uncles and I've had um, several uncles that were actually um, killed in action in World War II. And uh, so there is a history there, but honestly, my affiliation with EOD and military in general really started when I met Leon in 1987.
0: Yeah. And uh, so for you, this is uh, also very personal, close to the heart, not only because of your family's service to the country, but also for Leon and, and his service as an EOD tech. You, you've had a frontline seat for many, many years of what EOD techs do and what they go through.
1: Absolutely. I think it's very important to also understand and really um, grasp the fact that not only are our military members serving our country, um, but their families also serve. And I I'm a firm believer of that, that there is level of support and um, dedication that happens behind the scenes and behind the warrior that helps our military service members, you know, do the job that they have to do. So, um, yeah, I'm a firm believer in that.
0: And you were also a military spouse for many years, so thank you for for being a military spouse and for supporting your family, and uh, military spouses are absolutely critical to the success of any military person uh, today, uh, and in the past. So, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. You bet. And while you were uh, serving as a military spouse, mm-hmm. traveling around a little bit, um, what was your favorite duty station? What what sticks out to you
1: as a favorite duty station?
0: I think that just
1: because of the unique experiences that we were able to sh- to share as a family, Guam was probably my favorite. Um, but I, I absolutely have great memories from every single duty station that we were we were at.
0: That's awesome. And uh, as far as like the foundation goes and, and what you do, your role here at the foundation, do you have any prior experiences that you want to share that you feel kind of contributed or helped you in your role here at the foundation?
1: Sure. I think, again, going back to just my upbringing as having you know integrity and honesty and also just not being afraid to work hard i think was instilled in me in a very young age and it has definitely you know paid huge dividends for me in my career um, prior to actually working in the nonprofit sector i was a medical record coder which <laughs> what I would say was one of the hardest jobs that I had because it was incredibly mentally uh, straining and not from the perspective of that the work was just so, so hard, but the productivity and the accountability and the pressure that you felt every day when you went into the job. And I also worked for someone who was an incredible micromanager and I promised myself I would never be that way. And, from that point, I I was, you know, offered a, a different transition into the nonprofit world. And I was incredibly grateful for that. And when I worked for Wounded EOD Warrior Foundation, uh, Ken Falk and I worked closely together in addition to his wife Julia. And we we're, you know, we were great friends as well, but working For and with Ken was a very different sort of scenario, and it taught me a lot about how to be humble and how to be just kind and meet people where they are. And not have you know, you can have high expectations, but also giving people the power and the ability to do what they need to do to get the job done was really, really good, and so. You know, I had a great experience there, and then the transition to EOD Warrior Foundation with Nicole has been fantastic as well. And I just, I appreciate the level of independence that we are all allowed to have to be able to execute and do our job well.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And I think the other thing that uh, makes it kind of unique here is that each, each one of us, although we have our own roles, uh, we support each other. And I think that's uh, so much needed when you work in a nonprofit like ours and a, and a, a small team to execute right. a pretty big mission. So,
1: Well, I mean, when yeah. you think about we're seven people strong as far as the actual team is concerned, I I feel like you have to work well together. There There is no other way. And when another team member needs something, we make sure we help one another and support each other the best way that we can.
0: Yep. And so further talking about you know, the way that we work, etc. What do you think, in your opinion, makes the EOD Warrior Foundation unique?
1: Explosive Ordnance Disposal is just a unique profession in itself, and not everybody signs up to do it. This is an all-volunteer force. And um, I just think there are a lot of incredible human beings out there doing some really flippin' dangerous jobs and risking their lives every single day, whether we see it on the media or not. Um, People are being put in harm's way, and I feel that EOD is just one of those unique career fields, and we're unique because we get to support them.
0: Thank you. I agree, it's very unique. Um, What is it about the mission of the foundation that you find very important? What, What does it speak to you about our mission here?
1: Well, I like that we focus on four pillars. And we kind of focus our mission around that as the EOD family um, is for life in addition to improving the quality of of life for the EOD family. um, Our four pillars of financial relief, educational and scholarships, hope and wellness, and also EOD memorial care are super, super important. And it, it gives us the guidance to do our mission and do it well. It's important because there are times when People are in desperate and dire need or there's an emergency that has happened or, you know, someone has been injured and comes back stateside for care and the EOD Warrior Foundation is there to provide a level of support and it's consistent. And I think that, you know, it's just important to me and I also think it's incredibly personal to me just from a standpoint of my husband, excuse me, serving in the military and eight or 18 of his 26 years were spent in the EOD career field. And, um, I, I just think it's, it's important for us to be present and to have a unique niche with, with this community and serve them.
0: Yeah. And so this year, Sherry, um, COVID-19 has, uh, we've had, we've had other things and we have other things that are going on in this country right now that are, um, very controversial, challenging, and, you know, have our attention and COVID-19 for sure is probably the most captured our attention because it's it's something on a scale that we haven't seen in over 100 years. Um, what has this year been like for you? What what kind of this in this challenging year, how have you navigated through the challenges of this year, especially due to COVID-19, both uh, personally and professionally?
1: Sure. Well, it has been a challenge for sure, Mike. I think from a personal perspective, when everything got shut down in March, you know the uncertainty of not knowing when we would get back to normal or how this was all going to pan out, I think originally I was very optimistic that it would last maybe a month and we would be back in the swing of things in no time and everything would be status quo. And as things kind of lingered on and you know, uh, more cases were happening and just, I don't know, just the world shutting down for a while. Um, it was, it was challenging, but it just, you you just didn't know because of the uncertainty of what COVID was going to do and people with high risk, um, you know, predispositions for, you know, disease or infection or anything like that. I was just very fearful in that way. So to navigate through that, the best thing that I could do was stick close with with Leon, you know, and we just continue to be careful and do our part as citizens and try to keep ourselves safe in addition to everybody else. But um, it it was definitely a challenge, and I I will say it would would have been very easy to, um, you know, get derailed. But you had to you had to hold hope, and and that's what I did.
0: How about uh, professionally here at the UD Warrior Foundation? How how is the challenges of COVID presented to you uh, mm-hmm. through your through your lens and your opinion of this year?
1: Sure. So professionally, um, as the director of programs, as I mentioned earlier, you know retreat work is primarily what my role is here in connecting with families. So that has been an incredible challenge because there's been no travel no hardly any retreats and um if the retreats have gone on it's been a very limited and and just different <laughs> different circumstances have applied and you know you just it just didn't feel as natural as it would in normal circumstances so that has been an incredible challenge however um this podcast has been a blessing in a lot of ways not just i'm not just for our team and the EOD Warrior Foundation, but I'm also hoping that it reaches our community and, and they understand that we're still here and we very much care. And so there's, there's been challenges with it, but as a team, we have really come up with some creative ideas over the last six months and have persevered. And it, it's pretty cool to, to watch
0: that. Absolutely. So what is it, Sherry, that keeps you motivated?
1: Wow, what keeps me motivated? I think the ability that I can come to work and be effective or a positive positive role model and also positive part of someone else's life is is a motivator for me. And also, you know, to live in honor of um, some of the people that I've lost that are so important. So
0: those are the things that keep me motivated. Thanks, Sherry. Um, let's let's uh, go a little bit to the lighter side. All right. Yeah, let's have some fun. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell the listeners out there that one of the things we try to do here at the UD Warrior Foundation on our team is have fun. Uh, you need to have fun. You need to have some levity. Uh, you, we're dealing with a lot of serious issues. so We do deal yeah, with a lot of yeah, serious stuff, every Mike. Day, every, every day. day. Every and, day. And, uh, you know, having some fun, not to, not taking ourselves or some situations too seriously, I think, uh, you know, really kind of keeps things light. So let's let's try to keep things light a little bit. Okay. I'd like to talk about a couple favorites. All we're going right. to go down the favorites list. Everybody gets the favorites list. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Sherry, what is your favorite song?
1: I'm not sure that I have a favorite song necessarily, but if you were to ask me what my favorite band was, I would say the Eagles.
0: Yes, and I think I know you like a certain eagle better than others, don't you, Sherry?
1: Yes, I love Don Henley.
0: Yeah, and if they ever recorded the uh, last Eagles tour, I think oh. you'll hear Sherry yelling, I love you, Don Henley, you know, in the background somewhere.
1: That is true. I'm I'm not going to deny that. I tried so hard to reach him. I'm sure he heard me. I'm think, sure he heard me. I bet me.
0: he heard you. Okay. How about food, Sherry? Um before I let you answer that one, I just mm-hmm. want to say that uh, throughout the years, you've brought a lot of food into the office and uh, you make the famous uh, banana bread, which I think is worldwide known by many EOD techs and they absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all love it. Um, and you bring a lot of food in for us. I know you enjoy cooking. And so, but as far as uh, eating food, what mm-hmm. is your favorite food or dish or mm-hmm. type food that you like to eat?
1: I, r- I really love shrimp. And that is kind of my go-to, like as a special thing. And uh, here in the panhandle of Florida, we have this lovely little restaurant that's on the water called Dewey Dustin's, but it's the old Dewey Destin's, not the one that's on uh, 98, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's the one that's tucked away, you know, yeah, behind the wires. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's on the harbor. Yeah, That's my favorite little thing. So sometimes Leon and I will get in a boat and – He'll say, where do you want to eat? And it's always, let's go to Dewey Destin's because, I don't know, their shrimp, they're fresh, and it's just delicious.
0: I love that. You said you're taking the boat. I'm always stuck in traffic, and you're taking the boat.
4: Yes. (laughs) We can get there a lot faster. (laughs) Yeah, you
0: can. And get away quicker, too. What about a hobby? I know you're very busy. Um, You do a lot here at the foundation, and then what time you have afterwards, um, is there any kind of hobbies that you you enjoy taking part in?
1: I do. I I absolutely love to cook, and I love to cook with Leon, uh, and we we have a good time doing that together. Uh, we like gardening, and also I love photography, uh, taking pictures of nature, and and it, it's just really a peaceful thing for me to do and kind of introspective.
0: Well we love it when you cook here at the office <laughs> so and thank you leon for the gardening and all the work that you guys do in the garden and all the food that you yeah. make um we love it and i've seen your photography as well and yeah you, you take some pretty awesome pictures thank i think you. we've even showcased them throughout the years here we at the have. foundation. Mm-hmm. Yep. well sherry uh thank you so much for for being on the interview today learning more about the team it's been oh. such a pleasure to have you and and Really great to work with you, so thank you so much.
1: Likewise, Mike. Thank you. I get to
0: interview my best
1: podcast partner in the world, Mike Mack, this afternoon. Mike, how are you?
0: I am good, Sherry. I guess it's my turn.
1: Yes, it is your turn. And it's funny because we're doing this podcast together, and now we get to interview one another, which can be kind of comical in in itself, because we're looking directly at one another, interviewing one another, so it's kind of funny.
0: I'll just look down at my notes, but go ahead, Sherry. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mike. So before we get started, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure. Uh, Well, as everybody knows, my name is Mike, and I was born overseas a long time ago, and uh, my mother is from Holland. My dad was a GI. And uh, we moved around quite a bit when I was younger, and I joined the Air Force at 17, and I served 24 years, and I retired. And then after I retired, I joined the uh, civilian world for a while. And then in 2009, I uh, came back to work uh, for the Air Force specifically as a recovery care coordinator here in the local panhandle of Florida. And then in 2015, I came to the EOD Warrior Foundation, and uh, I'm still here.
1: Well, we are glad you're here, Mike, and you have been an incredible an incredible addition to our team. And it's just been super cool to work with you for all these years.
0: Thank you. Likewise.
1: Well, can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do specifically for the EOD warrior foundation?
0: Sure. I think uh, we kind of talked about this in the very first podcast, but uh, my role here is family caseworker and family caseworker. I have uh, one of the main responsibilities I have here is doing uh, financial assistance. So when we get a financial grant that comes through the foundation, I uh, take care of that, I vet it uh, to make sure that they're an EOD tech, and then afterwards I gather information, get needed documentation, put together the ask, uh, the request on behalf of the individual that is requesting it, and then I put it forward to our grant committee. And the other thing that I do is, uh, uh, from my past as a recovery care coordinator, and uh, also working with local VA and other organizations, um, I try to keep and update and learn about resources that that uh, are good for our military families, that are good for veterans, that are good for families. Um, just anything that I can uh, find to give to the EOD community that I hope they will find helpful and useful. And so we have that on our EOD Warrior Resource Library, which is on our website. So a matter of fact, that needs to be updated. It's about time to go through, make sure everything's working. And uh, we get hit from time to time with new resources. And uh, I always try to keep abreast of what's changing because things do change. Things change uh, in the DOD, things change with the VA, things, things also change with uh, private organizations and nonprofits as well.
1: Yes, they do. It's an ever-changing world, and nonprofits are not immune to that, for sure, as far as policies and procedures go in reference to our military service members and their families, too, some of the benefits that happen along the way. So you explained that you are a 24-year Air Force veteran. What did you do in the military, Mike?
0: Um, I, I had some uh, different experiences. I started out as an aircraft mechanic, and I did that for most of my career. And uh, I was also a career advisor and a first sergeant in the Air Force.
1: Okay. And did you have a particular duty station in your 24 years that you felt was like your favorite?
0: I did. Uh, the duty station that I felt was my favorite, the one that I enjoyed the most, was being stationed at RAF Alkenbury in England. It's about 20 miles uh, south of Cambridge, and it's just a really beautiful place. I I loved England. Um, I love the culture. I love the people. I love to travel throughout England, the U.K., Scotland, and uh, history is a big thing to me. I I really enjoy history, and in England, you can go just about anywhere and see something that is uh, 600 years old, 800 years old. I've seen things that are even like, you know, erected in the year, uh, in the 10th century or the ninth century. I mean, it's just amazing. The history is so rich and I just really enjoyed myself. Not only that, but, uh, I had some, uh, career changes there in England and I met my wife.
1: Yeah. Your lovely wife, Sandy. Yeah. yeah Sandy
0: was, <laughs> Sandy was in the air force at the time. And, uh, we met over there and, and we got married and, and we also, uh, got out amongst the, uh, English population. I think she, she uh, you know, introduced me to that a little bit more than what I had been doing and uh, had a great time. Just met some wonderful people, still have some great relations, relationships with uh, some, some of the folks in the military to this day and uh, some of our English friends. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's super cool because I think I think it was last year that you and Sandy actually went back to England and visited some friends. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, we did, and we had a great time. And uh, we went back to RAF Falconbury and the place was so different. Mm-hmm. Um, everything had changed. It was uh, kind of eerie, and also just a. Um, a reminder that things do change so yeah but it was a great trip and I hadn't had fish and chips real fish and chips in 20 something years and to have them again was <laughs> that was cloud nine not to mention the beer right mm, the
1: beer <laughs> yeah. and do you like malt vinegar on your on your fish and chips
0: absolutely That's absolutely. the only way only way to eat them yeah you bet mm-hmm.
1: so good so good all right. Well, how have your prior experiences, I mean, in the military, but also some of the jobs that you had prior to EOD Warrior Foundation, how have they helped you in your role with, with the foundation?
0: Well, um, I think that veterans, people who serve in the military, have a certain understanding between each other uh, if, if you have served and um, and done the things that many in the military are asked to do, go to places you're asked to go to, go through experiences that are unique amongst the military. There's a, a, a shared common understanding, I think, between us. And so um, that experience of being in the military, I think, has really helped me in my role here. Also, as a recovery care coordinator, working with wounded, ill, and injured as they transition from the military to civilian life and helping to set them up uh, set up the wounded, ill, and injured, and their family members to, for success and for smooth transition, which I, you know, understand is not always uh, quick and easy, and also could, can take some time. So, uh, those kind of experiences I think really helped contribute to uh, the role that I have here at the foundation, and I, I draw from that quite a bit.
1: Which was, you know, super important. I know that during your time as a recovery care coordinator, that you had many experiences with EOD technicians and their families. So that was maybe was that kind of your first introduction to EOD as a as a career field.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, the answer is no, that was not. Uh, when I was in aircraft when I was an aircraft maintenance. I had worked with uh, EOD, they actually trained us on unexploded ordnance on the flight line when we would have exercises, they would come out and they would teach us uh, how to spot munitions, what type of munitions they were, how to flag them, how to call it in. And I also worked with them uh, later on uh, in my career, I worked with them uh, during disaster preparedness, uh, so I would learn a lot from them about disaster preparedness, so they were. Uh, EOD is a very unique career field. Um, and when I became an RCC, some of my most egregious injured recovering service members were from EOD. And that's when I really started to get the full impact of what the EOD technicians in the career field was doing. Um, they were definitely at the you know tip of the spear, so to speak. And uh they they do an amazing amazing job and very very brave and they have they have gone through a lot
1: i would agree with that and in your opinion what do you feel makes the EOD Warrior Foundation unique
0: great question um One of the things that I did get to do as recovery care coordinator is not only learn and go to conferences and find out what organizations were out there that we could leverage to help our wounded, ill, and injured, but uh, also uh, since coming over to the EOD Warrior Foundation, looking and expanding those resources and expanding what's out there. And what I have found to be unique um, now and looking back upon all this is that The uh, EOD Warrior Foundation is unique in that it's a nonprofit just dedicated to EOD technicians. Many of the nonprofits that exist that work with wounded, ill, and injured, so let's use Wounded Warrior Project, for example. It's a very big organization. They cover all veterans, mainly post 9-11, and uh, any veteran from any career field, they, they can service. What makes us unique is that we only serve EOD technicians Um, And the cool thing, which I'm glad you're asking this, the the very cool thing, and I wanna get that out there, and I hope everybody listens and shares this, is that we are not for just post 9-11 EOD technicians. Any EOD tech who is a graduate of the Navy EOD schoolhouse is eligible for our services and can come to us for assistance. So we have worked with individuals from the Vietnam era, we have worked with individuals from the first Gulf War, Um, during the uh, campaigns in between, and then of course, 9-11 and post. So, uh, and you do not have to be combat injured as an EOD tech to uh, get services from us. Again, any graduate from the EOD schoolhouse is eligible for our services. And so that's what makes us unique is that we serve EOD first and foremost, when we're just dedicated to that career field. And then the other thing I think is kind of unique about EOD is just the fact that it's uh, four services, one crab. You've got Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps. They're all being trained at the same school. Uh, there may be some variations in that training, but uh, yeah, they are uh, all doing the same thing, all wearing the same badge. And you can tell that there's a brotherhood amongst them as well. And that's that's really neat to see, that uh, they work together pretty much seamlessly and uh, just a really interesting and and great career field. Small career field too, when you think about um, looking that in comparison to say infantry or uh, security forces. I mean, EOD sure. curve field is a small curfield. field. It certainly is. And we also service the veteran and retired populations in addition to the active duty. So yeah. yeah.
1: And why do you believe that our mission is so important here at the EOD Warrior Foundation?
0: Uh, the mission is important because it talks about improving the quality of life. And I think that uh, through the four pillars that we have, which is financial, educational scholarships, hope and wellness, and the memorial care, through those four pillars, we're able to really focus on those things and take care of our EOD community. So, um, I think that's what is very important, and it is to improve quality of life. I I, I believe that's what it's kind of you're going to kind of get to that next question when mm-hmm. we get towards it. You're going to see where I'm going with that, but yeah, go ahead. That's Understood. What
1: I Understood. Well, you know, this year in particular, Mike, has probably been one of the most challenging years for us here at the EOD Warrior Foundation, not only just uh, professionally, but also from personally, just from the simple fact of COVID-19 wreaking havoc on, you know, the country uh, since March. So, can you share a little bit about what you have done both personally and professionally to navigate through this
0: crisis yeah that's uh that's a great question and when it comes to personally, i gotta say uh, I'm still figuring that out.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because uh, I believe there was a parody played not too long ago about someone talking about wear a mask, don't wear a mask, go here, don't go right. here. You can you know, breathe this, don't breathe that, You know, do this, don't do that. And at the end of it, you're laughing so hard because you don't know what to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So there's so many different voices out there. Do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. But for me uh, personally, how I've tried to uh, get through it all is to... Uh, take one day at a time Mm -hmm. and think about uh, what can I do to protect myself, protect my family, protect uh, my coworkers and protect people that I come in contact with and so um, if that means I have to wear a mask, I wear a mask. So, and, and the other thing again, is just taking it one day at a time. If I try to think beyond, uh, you know, wh- what are we gonna be like in the winter and listen to all this doomsday and stuff. And I've kind of cut down on the news as well. You know, a lot of the news, uh, especially a lot of the negative stuff we're con- continually being bombarded with. I've tuned that off and I'm, and I'm looking for things that are positive and, and uplifting. And, and that's been very helpful for me personally. Uh, professionally, what have I done? Uh, that's where I turn it into we. What have we done? And uh, anything short of really, really amazing. I think when we look back upon this year, the things that we've done here at the foundation um, to make adjustments, to try to keep moving forward, to keep serving. We have worked from home, we've been locked down at home, we have uh, come back to the office, we've come in shifts. Um, we have done things online, we've stayed connected. Um, and then just like this podcast, I think we talked about it in our first uh, episode of how this podcast came to be. Um, this podcast would never happen if it wasn't for COVID. So actually kind of a positive thing that came out of that. Um, but professionally, I think that it's it's been to be flexible and it kind of overlaps in your personal life, but it is about being flexible, about adapting to change. And even sometimes for someone like me who may find change a little rough, I, I've actually learned to expect it, try to embrace it, and and move forward. So those are kind of good things I think came out of that.
1: Yeah, I think, I think one of our missions also in addition to this podcast is, you know, the promote the positive um, Facebook posts that we've been doing for, uh, well, since March, quite frankly, um, where we've just encouraged people to, look at it in a different perspective or in a different light. And I think that each of us here at the foundation has definitely tried to embrace that and just expect that things are going to be different and it's all going to be okay. It's just going to be a little different. And I think having the ability to be flexible is an incredible, um, attribute (laughs) in this day and time.
0: Right. And, uh, that one statement you made where you said it's all going to be okay, mm-hmm. I absolutely believe that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm holding on to that. Right. Even if it's not. So, you know, you can be like Kevin Bacon in Animal House where mm-hmm. he's screaming, you know, remain calm, all is well, <laughs> if that's <laughs> what it takes. But, uh, yeah, it, all, all is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to work out.
1: It will. It will. And it may be a little different, but it'll be okay. Um, okay, Mike. So tell me what keeps you motivated.
0: All right, so going back to one of the questions about the foundation, Mm -hmm. uh, our mission is to improve the quality of life for the EOD family by the four pillars. So improve the quality of life is what keeps me motivated and I think has kept me motivated for many years. And that is if we can do one thing and not every day is, is great. Uh, Tom Petty has that one song, you know, some days are diamonds, some days are rocks, right? Right, right? Yeah, so not every day is a great day. Not every encounter is a great encounter. Sometimes we're not able to do what we'd like to do to help people move forward. Uh, you know, some things, are, some things are difficult. Some things take time. Sometimes there are steps taken back before there are steps taken forward. So um, even in spite of all that, What keeps me motivated is that I believe in improving the quality of others, Mm -hmm. and uh, that's very important to me. Um, And I also understand that things do sometimes take its time, but uh, if there's something that I can do, even if it's a little thing, um, I'll be glad to do that. So that's what keeps me motivated. And then for me personally, it's my faith. Um, My faith is very important to me. It It is what what I rely on in in times of stress and trouble to get me through things. So uh, my faith is very much important to me.
1: Thank you, Mike. Thanks for sharing that with us. Sure. All right. Well, just as we've done with all of the other teammates, um, you are no different, my friend. I am going to ask you some questions about your favorite things. No,
0: no, no. (laughs) no, That's all right. Go ahead.
1: All right. Here we go. What is your
0: favorite song? Oh, wow. Favorite song. Well, you know I like music. i uh, been listening to a lot of music for many, many years, and uh, there is absolutely no way to have a favorite song, but the song that gets my yah yahs going, you know, and mm-hmm. really you know, rock and roll, it's no singing. It's uh, One Big Rush by Joe Satriani. Mm-hmm. You you crank that, and if that doesn't get you excited to live, you're dead, my friend. So, yeah, <laughs> I, like, I like that one.
1: All right. How about your favorite food, Mike?
0: I love food. Um, I'm very tall. If I was short, you'd probably really tell I love food. But uh, uh, Italian—got to say Italian. If I was—if mm-hmm. they said you can only have one type of food, it would have to be Italian because you could get all that great Northern Italian food, which right. is kind of rich in what most Americans are used to. But mm-hmm. there's that Southern Italian food, which is more like the Mediterranean diet style. Mm-hmm. I love them both. So. Yeah. Um, You know, if you eat too much pasta, then you can go with the fresh stuff, right? That's right. That's right. (laughs) Counteract it, yeah.
1: Absolutely. And I don't know why I'm asking you this question, (laughs) because I know the answer, (laughs) but what's your favorite sport, Mike?
0: When toe meets leather. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, kick off that football.
4: Are you ready for some football? Man,
0: I'm ready for some football. I don't know what it's going to look like this year, but I am ready for some football. Yeah,
1: and you are a diehard Browns fan.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, I, I am a long-suffering, die-hard Browns fan. Oh, well, yeah,
1: that's okay. Yeah, you're well. faithful, and that's that's important.
0: hmm <laughs> Yeah, that's one good thing.
1: Yes. <laughs> 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 All right. Your favorite book? I know you're a huge reader as well. You and Sandy both are huge readers. Yeah, so, your yeah. favorite book?
0: Well, I love history. Um, most of the books that I read are nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Nonfiction. So. My favorite book uh, I read when I was stationed in Korea is called Undaunted Courage by Stephen Ambrose. And it is the historical story of uh, Lewis and Clark, the expedition that oh, Lewis and Clark cool. oh, is fantastic. I learned a lot about life back then and and just the fortitude, the the smarts and the determination of uh, Lewis Mayweather and, and Clark and what they did in their team to get to where they got it. it it's uh I wish they could make it into a movie, but I think you'd have to make it into a series. There's mm-hmm. there's just so much info there, but great, great book. Loved it. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. What about your favorite hobby?
0: Favorite hobby is fishing. Hands down, I love to fish. Forget golf. Give me a fishing pole. Okay. So do you like fly fishing or
1: just any kind of fishing? Do you have a particular like fish that you like to fish for? <laughs>
0: I, I like I like fly fishing. I'm not that good at it, uh-huh, you know. And when uh-huh. I get the hook in the back of my head, it kind of hurts. But uh, that's why you got to wear a hat. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but my favorite kind of fish to fish for is crappie because I love eating crappie. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's okay. Fantastic. And crappies
1: like perch, correct? Is it a perch
0: or uh, a trout? They, they. It's more like a. More like a bigger bluegill, and mm-hmm. they actually call it down south. They call it a white perch, a uh, papermouth. Okay. okay. You have a black crappie, white crappie, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they they are just absolutely fun. They're fun to catch, and uh-huh. they're even better to eat. Sounds
1: wonderful. All right, Mike. Well, thank you so much for taking the time outside of our normal podcast, uh, you know, schedule to chat with me and share a little bit more about yourself. And um, I look forward
0: to doing this again. Thanks, Sherry. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. Good afternoon, Sherry. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, Mike. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you. And uh, introducing more of our team members to our audience, I'm really happy and excited to have, Caroline Miller. Caroline is our marketing and scholarships coordinator, and we're going to learn some more about Caroline today. So, Caroline, uh, welcome, and please tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm very excited. Uh, So, yes, my name is Caroline Miller. I am 27 years old. I'm originally from Michigan. I am an Air Force veteran, so I served from 2012 to 16 as an Air Force medic. Um, And obviously, that was um, an awesome gig. (laughs) So after separating, I finished my bachelor's in health education. And last year, I completed my master's degree in psychology. Um, I currently live here in the local area with my husband. And together, we have three dogs and no children yet.
1: (laughs) No, that's awesome. Thank you, Caroline. And can you tell our listeners about what your role is with the EOD Warrior Foundation, please?
3: Sure. So, like Mike said, um, I am the marketing and scholarship coordinator. So, I oversee our scholarship program, which, for those of you who don't know, we have a pretty robust scholarship. Uh, We have this past year given out $234,000 worth of academic scholarships. Uh, We awarded 131 different students. And every year we get just a lot of applications, a lot of interest. It is pretty competitive, but the reward is is really high so that's a really cool program we have and I just kind of oversee you know all of that and then uh, I also oversee all of our marketing to include the development and execution of marketing strategies and and that sort of thing so yeah so that's what I do here
1: Awesome. So if I can take a step back and just talk to you a little bit more extensively about the scholarship program, just from the standpoint mm-hmm. of it being a merit based scholarship. I know, mm-hmm. you know, as you said, we get quite a few applications. And can you, can you talk about what, what merit based really truly means and how important it is for, you know, once, once an application is started to, to, you know, follow it through and complete it so that you can actually be in the running to qualify for one of our scholarships.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the scholarship application is uh, lengthy. However, there's not a lot. Um, there's not a lot of different parts of the scholarship that are actually required. For example, a student could just really put their name, you know, contact information, and provide their transcript and they would be able to submit their application based on that alone. Uh, they do have to have that connection to the EOD uh, career field. So, their parent, step parent, grandparent, um, really their sponsor. We also have, we also allow spouses to apply as well. So, it could be your husband. Uh, so, they have to submit their NASCUA EOD graduation certificate. But, really, those are the only required elements of the application. However, there are opportunities throughout the application to kind of expand more on um, who you are as a person, as a student, you know, your goals, your aspirations, what you really would do with the scholarship money. And we always really strongly encourage students to use that, you know, use the opportunity to tell us about themselves and tell us who they are and, uh, you know, the challenges maybe that they have faced growing up or in school and, I mean, obviously this year with COVID, we've all been facing a lot of challenges. So that would be a really good topic to, to talk about, you know, in, in this year's uh, scholarship application. And and like you said, it is merit-based. We have a pretty extensive review process. Um, I personally review every single one of the, the applications that are submitted to make sure that all of the elements that are required are in there. And then once I give my stamp of approval, it goes on to a scholarship committee um, and the scholarship committee reviews each application, and they're the ones that say, uh, you know, who they think should be awarded the scholarship and not. And there's, a you know, a point system. It's pretty extensive. And these scholarship committee members are all volunteers, and they donate, you know, hundreds of hours, really, to reviewing these, these applications. So that's a pretty amazing thing that, that we have uh, people that are willing to do that. But, yeah, once once the uh, committee comes back and says, you know they give their point system. We go through and and award scholarships based on their recommendation.
1: Okay, perfect. So just to just to be super clear, is that the EOD Warrior Foundation provides the oversight. However, we do not vote on who gets the scholarship award. And then, secondly, their volunteers that actually do that process as far as. Um, scoring and, and all of those sorts of things. Um, so just Correct. just to make that clear. And then the other thing, and the last thing that I'll say, is tell our listeners uh, when the application will be released for the 2021-2022 school year.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So the application will, application will open on November 9th, and it closes out on February 26th, which is the last Friday in February. And that's obviously 2021. Okay, perfect. But November November 9th is when
1: it opens, so. Okay, so in addition to, like there there will be additional announcements about that happening and the community will be well Mm -hmm. aware of how that's coming out. Okay, perfect. Thank you for that. And let's see. Do you you do have a personal connection to the EOD career field? And you highlighted in your introduction that you too are also a veteran. You were a combat medic. So um, with that, can you tell me um, within your four years what your favorite duty station is? Maybe kind of a silly question if you were only at one duty station, but as as a military spouse and as uh, you know traveling around with with your husband, do you have a favorite duty station in that regard?
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would say that, so after, um, I mean, I was only stationed at Nellis Air Force Base in Las Vegas, which of course was a super fun <laughs> place to be stationed, mm-hmm. um, especially as a young airman. Uh, after I separated, I went with my husband um, who's an active duty Air Force AOD technician to Guam. And we were there for a couple of years and, that was at this point. I would say that was probably my favorite, just because it was such an adventure. You know, we were really on the other side of the world, just kind of on our own, which might be scary to some, but for us, it was just it was just so much fun. We did scuba diving, you know, we were hiking and dirt biking, and just every weekend it was something new and different and fun and exciting. So that was really quite the adventure for me and. I, I would have to say that that was just the most
1: fun place I've ever been. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so awesome. You know, my husband and I did a tour in Guam with our, and we had two small children at the time, and yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. So I'm glad you had mm-hmm. that opportunity. I really
0: am. Carolina, uh, Guam is a beautiful place. I had a chance to go there a while back in the day, and uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun and just a whole bunch of things to do outdoors. So, Caroline, you've had a lot of really amazing experiences in your short career, and I'm sure you'll continue to have even more better experiences. And so how has your prior experiences contributed to your role here at the foundation?
3: Well, I've really been able to witness the incredible job that the EOD technicians do, um, both in person and then following, you know, separating the military from the military, as my experience as a, an EOD spouse. Uh, so I was actually when I was actually able to um go on some uh, EOD range missions out at Nellis. Um, and I served obviously in the capacity as the medic for those, but that was really the first time I got to see these guys in action guys in, Um in action. And that was really cool for me. Um but then since then I have really gotten to see some of the other elements of what it means to be an EOD technician. Um just kind of even watching with my husband some of the hardships he's had to endure um, because of the job, through deployment, that sort of thing. So I really feel like I can understand and relate to the community in a way that I would have never truly been able to without those experiences. So I, I find it to be um, just something that I, I feel like is very personal to me and that allows me to really have more of a personal connection to the work that I do here at the foundation.
0: Thank you.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Um, so, in in your opinion, Caroline, what makes the EOD Warrior Foundation unique?
3: Well, I mean, I think that we are unique because of the population that we serve. The the population we serve is very unique. I mean, the, the EOD technicians, what they do no one else can do. I mean, no one else in the military can do, no one else really in the world can do. And because of that, the things that they face, you know, are very unique challenges. And that has a ripple effect throughout the community and the rest of the EOD family. So the things that an EOD family unit faces and the challenges that they face are very unique to them and to the EOD career field. And therefore... We as an organization, as we rise to meet those challenges and, and rise to meet those needs, we are equally unique because of the uh, because the population we service is, is unique.
1: Thank you. And why do you feel the mission of the EOD Warrior Foundation is so important?
3: Um, well I guess I feel it's important because it's needed. Um if there wasn't a very acute and apparent need for an organization like ours with a mission like ours, then, then we wouldn't, you know, um, I think the fact that we've been around as long as we have uh, versus these separate entities. And then uh, for the last seven, almost eight years as one, you know, really speaks to the need of an organization like ours, somebody that, you know, some people need somebody to call when they're in, when they're in need. Mm -hmm. And that is us, you know, that has been us for the UD community for years and years. And uh, it's, it is important because it's needed. I mean, I think that kind of speaks for itself a little bit. Right.
1: I would agree with that.
0: So Caroline, talking about this year, we all know that this year has been an extreme challenge (laughs) due to COVID-19. We're all affected by it, everybody in the country Mm -hmm. and worldwide. So speaking for yourself, how have you navigated the challenges of COVID this year, both uh, personally and professionally?
3: Well, um, as you know, we were all working from home for a couple months, which was a new experience for me. I've never uh, really had that work-from-home role before uh, in a professional setting, so that took some adapting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I think my dogs were very happy at the change because, I was with them all day long, <laughs> uh, and obviously, I think everyone knows from our standpoint, you know, we had a lot of um, adjusting, you know, moving the, the ball to a virtual platform kind of last minute. That was, you know, uh, challenging for us, and it was really important that we still provided that to the community, that we still provided an opportunity to come together, even on a virtual platform. It uh, was very important. So that was a lot of long days, long nights <laughs> trying to come up with, you know, how we can do this, how we can do it effectively. So uh, there were some challenges there, um, for like, on a professional uh, standpoint, you know, but I think we worked really hard uh, to rise to those challenges. And then, you know, prof- or personally, it was, I, I think we've all kind of felt the strain of uncertainty this year. You know, there's a lot of stress that, you know, there hasn't been years past just due to the uncertain nature of everything going on. And that's been something that, um, you know, my husband and I have been, you know, uh, disaware of and trying to stay on top of. And and we've, you know, uh, since the gyms have been open, it's been a little bit better because that's kind of how we both, you know, relieve stress is go to the gym and work it out. But when the gyms weren't open, you know, I found myself going for many long runs Doing yoga on my lunch area, that sort of thing. So, it's just uh, been a lot of mindfulness, I think, for myself on a personal level. Just you know, where am I at? How do I feel? You know, do I need a break? What does that look like? Do you know that sort of thing? So, just just mindfulness for myself has has been hugely beneficial.
0: Sure. Yeah, I think a lot of us have been doing some uh, introspective, uh, looking at our own lives and you know, how do we make the best of this and keeping ourselves and our families safe and, and helping others, so um, I agree with mm-hmm. you on that and uh, and professionally, of course, you know, it's just been amazing working with everybody here and how we've come together and adapted in order that we can still perform our mission and find ways to make it happen even though things are not normal but, uh, so the last one for you, uh, before we get to the fun, start, fun stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. is, uh, what keeps you motivated?
3: Uh, well, I have always been really motivated motivated by the desire to help people to do some good, you know, in my time here, not here in the foundation, but here on earth, you know, I, I have been deeply passionate about just improving the world around me in whatever small ways I can. Um, when I was a medic, you know, when I was active duty, I really fell in love with helping people. You know, I loved being the person that could help somebody in their time of need, and that, it's almost like a drug, like, it's almost addicting, you know, you want to be that person that somebody can call when they need help, and you want to be that person that can alleviate somebody else's stress, so, for me, it's this, this kind of persisting desire to help people, to improve the world around me, to, you know, leave this place better, <laughs> better than when I came, kind of thing, you know, I, I know it's, it might be a little bit dark, but, you know, I I want to do some good and that is a huge motivator for me.
0: Well, you certainly have and we are very happy and glad to have you. So thank you.
1: It's it's definitely a pleasure to work with you every day, Caroline, and we've we've enjoyed getting to know you over the over the past year and a half or so and it's it's just fun. We have a great team and glad you're part of it.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, thank you, guys.
1: You're welcome. All right, so here are some of the fun questions. What is your favorite song? Ah,
3: uh, so I have tons of favorite songs. I had a hard time picking one. The mm-hmm. one I went with—it's a little bit um, corny, I guess—but it's uh, the song is called "Old Fashioned," and it's by CeeLo Green. And it's the song that my husband and I danced to for our first dance on our wedding.
1: You've played that year before for us. It's nice. It's very nice. All right. How about your favorite season?
3: Well, definitely Mm -hmm. autumn. Um, Growing up in Michigan, you know, fall was when all the the leaves changed and the air just got so crisp and fresh and, you know, that cool autumn breeze. Oh, I love it. Mm -hmm. I miss it so much. (laughs) So definitely, definitely autumn.
1: How about your favorite sport?
3: Uh, well, my favorite sport to play is volleyball. I played all through high school and in college. I played on uh, intramural teams and in the Air Force, I played, you know, on I.M. teams. And um, I just love to play volleyball. But to watch, I prefer mm-hmm. to watch football. That's that's mm-hmm. my jam. Every Sunday at a bar with some fried pickles and some beer. That's
1: that's your game. <laughs> huh? Okay.
3: Yeah, I love it. I love cool. watching ball, cool. Or
1: football. Cool. <laughs> right. Well, again, thank you so much for sharing a piece of yourself with us to uh, do this particular focus on our on our team members. It's been fun to chat with you.
0: Thank you for listening to our Behind the Warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more please visit us on Facebook or at EODWarriorFoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend.